Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and today I'm going to share five funnels or examples of funnels that I like to look at inside of Google Analytics and now GA4, and hopefully this will inspire some creative ways for you to extract insights from your own data. So let's jump into it. Number one, using GA4, using the funnel builder within GA4, is splitting a common cohort in your site. So I'm just going to use, I'll use a couple of our customers, Faraday brand and Steo. They both have men's and women's collections. So there's a natural tendency to want to analyze, okay, how is the gender performance? Just think main funnel. So how is our overall main funnel performing? Starting from a lander down to product views, add to carts, initiating checkout, purchase, etc. So this is pretty easy to do in GA4. Again, universal analytics, this isn't so easy, especially if you decide after listening to this podcast, you want to create a goal inside of UA that will mimic this type of funnel. It's not retroactive. So GA4 is retroactive as long as GA4 has been collecting data for you. And this can be done just based on URLs. So if we think about common URL paths for this type of cohort with a men's and women's split, you're likely going to have collection slash women's and collection slash men's. And that is essentially the step one, the first filter in that funnel. So it'd be something like page URL contains slash women's or slash men's, and you can build the rest of your funnel. So this is a fairly easy one, simple one. And honestly, if you have not spent much time in GA4, this is one of those softballs that you, you could just I think you need to use it for for some a couple of years, but at least just do a couple simple things to build some confidence that, okay, I'm almost a year from now, I'm going to have to exclusively use GA4. So doing some of these small things over time can just help you become comfortable. And for context, we had, I uh, won't, won't name, the, name the, the particular brand, but a customer, several customers back when GA4 used to be called App Plus Web. So that was the original what is, what is now called GA4, we would set many of our customers up and now they have two, three years worth of data. And even personally, I was spending time trying to understand App Plus Web back at that time and how to analyze and use it. And even today, not that I'm in there every single day, but it, it does, my point is it is taking time to become comfortable with it. And even speaking with this one customer, this brand and their, their in-house analyst, it's the same thing. It just took uh, took him a long time. And I wouldn't say we're, he's completely comfortable and, and neither are we, but it just took a long time to grasp some of the basic concepts of GA4 because we're just so used to the UI of universal analytics. Anyways, back to the funnel. If you do not have a men's and women's, let's say you have different product types. So if you focus and try to sell a particular product type, one could be focused on weight loss and strength training or or muscle gain, things like that. But just look at your, your business, your catalog, and you likely have some sort of funnel that you're driving people through that might be unique. 
and you can create this funnel in GA4. Again, the really the main thing here is just step one is going to be that filter for you, and then you can just customize that funnel, whether it's just based on pages, based on events, etc. So that is funnel number one, and that is an area that I like to look at because once you start slicing and dicing that funnel by source, campaign, et cetera, then that can start to surface insights where you might direct certain traffic uh, by campaign source to a different place on site. And I'm actually going to touch on that in another funnel example here in a minute. So that's number one, splitting a cohort by something very simple, men, women in GA4 using step one to filter out that traffic. And then you can compare and slice and dice by dimension right in that funnel explorer inside the GA4 interface. Number two, this is segmenting your traffic by product and collection landing pages. Something pretty simple and something that you can do inside of Universal Analytics, but at a very easy example, you just go to either your behavior all pages report or behavior landing pages and just simply do a filter by slash collections. And you'll see a roll up data there that'll give you the number of sessions. So what what percentage of sessions are landing on a collection page? Call it like 20%. What's the conversion rate for that traffic? What's the revenue, bounce rate, et cetera? And then obviously you'll see all of the individual pages and how they currently perform for you. But you can actually export that. So just export that into a, a Google Sheets or CSV. And then do the same thing with a product page. Same filter instead of collections, just do a slash products. And if your product pages have collections in the URL, then you'll need to create a multi-filter, multi one that includes products in the URL and one that excludes collections. And then that'll give you your bucket of traffic of, okay, 50% of sessions are landing on product pages. And what's the bounce rate? What's the conversion rate? What's the AOV? What are any other metrics that you, are critical for you? But basically now, now I have, and you can export that as well and put that into a Google Sheets and now you have a comparison of, okay, collection landing pages versus product landing pages. So that would be, that's one very basic way to look at this is just start to understand, okay, what are my big buckets of traffic? How are individual pages performing that might receive a, a large percentage of those collection landers? And what can I do to potentially focus on optimizing? The other way to do this is you can actually create a segment. So create a segment inside of Google Analytics and the segment would be those same rules. So landing page includes slash collections. And now you can start looking at performance from your source medium. So now we can look at, okay, if we look at the landing page URLs, that would be all of your collection pages, and then just create a secondary dimension of channel or source medium, et cetera. And now you can start slicing and dicing by lander, by source medium or campaign. And again, there's other ways to, to potentially recreate the same type of report, but just wanted to share there's two, two ways you can go about this. One is just using the simple filtering inside the user interface, and then two, actually creating two distinct segments that you can compare all of the reports under Universal Analytics against one another. So usually what I'm looking for here is, do you have a, for example, I, I remember one customer we had that was... These numbers aren't 100% accurate, but it's close enough just for reference for the story. But 80% of traffic from Facebook was coming in landing on a product page, and it was converting very poorly. And if we compared 
that to other channels where other channels did not have that high of a percentage and delta of collection pages versus landing pages. We saw other channels that were performing better when they were coming through collection pages instead of just being dumped on a product page. So they they took that and really just tested that strategy of, okay, are they trying to drive too far down the funnel, too much traffic too far down the funnel, especially in prospecting, going straight to the product page versus doing a little bit more of the brand introduction problem, ensuring that the user or consumer is problem aware and you can do that through either custom landing pages or collection pages, et cetera, which in this particular case, the collection pages were very similar to a custom landing page. They were very content and commerce heavy. So that's one way to go about that, uh, go about that and apply that back to your marketing campaigns. And then the other one is pretty, this is what we spend a lot of time looking at with our customers and their data is what are these high volume pages that are just underperforming? So when you think about CRO and A-B testing, it doesn't always have to be a test that is a massive test that affects every user in all segments. You can look at a particular page. So if you have a collection or product page that is underperforming, but receiving a huge or large percentage of traffic, just focus testing on that page and potentially testing by redirecting users to a different experience or testing elements on that page. But in general, this there's so many different ways to go about this, but I think this is a, a funnel I like to look at is it's more of the, what, how's the overall holistic landing page funnel look like? So are we driving majority to product pages through uh, either Google shopping or prospecting on Facebook, TikTok, et cetera, that's driving straight to a product? Or are we going through more curated landing pages, collection page experiences, et cetera? Number three, this is back in GA4 land. And this is looking at our path exploration of a landing page. So this one gets a little bit more technical, but if you have not spent any time inside of the GA4 path explorer, it is the next variation or next version of what you may know in Universal Analytics as the behavior flow. It's uh, in Universal Analytics. I, I don't most don't use this report. In GA4, it is more user friendly. But basically, what what I like to look for here is again focusing on that landing page. So where are we driving people onto the site, and where are they going? So in, that has always been a common constraint for any analytics platform, not necessarily just GA, but uh, how can I quickly see and visualize where, if someone's coming in through my landing page, where are they going and how does that split out and how is the performance split out across all of those different paths? So like what's your, we talk a lot about attribution of people coming, finding, discovering from TikTok and Facebook, and then coming back from email and coming back from SMS and Google organic direct, and then purchasing, it's that same methodology, but applying that to just in-page experience or event-driven experience. Anyway, so this one is, I'm gonna keep it simple here just for, for those that haven't spent much time in a Path Explorer. You can start with a page title, and it's this functionality is, is still fairly limited, which is probably good, but we start with a page title. So just take your top one or two or three landing pages, and then you will want to highlight through that particular page of where is the next page or what's the next thing or set of things that a user is doing. So again, it's probably a little bit hard to conceptualize just listening on a podcast, but 
in general, what I'm looking at is if I filter, am I looking at a specific landing page? So let's say a featured product landing page, what percentage of people are going to the next page that I want them to go to? So if I have 100 people that are hitting this landing page, how many are going to that next step? So that next step could be driving to a product page. The next step could be you might have a buy now button. So it's it, the next physical step or a page step would be the checkout information page. So step one of checkout. Am I driving to a quiz? So what percentage of people are going to that quiz? But once I can understand that, and again, this is all automated. Once you just have your multi-step process uh, in the Path Explorer, you just essentially click on the URLs and then GA4 will show you that breakdown of where the different sessions, what's that distribution of sessions, where are they going, who's exiting, et cetera. I like this one because this can help provide you with immediate, it's like a, a BS test on your hypothesis. I think this landing page should have these call to actions. And I think the best experience is going to be sending the user to step to the, this next step in the process. I'm going to use a real example. So we have a customer, they have a landing page, custom landing page, and I think it's their second or third top landing page. And the, it's very clear that the primary call to action, the primary next step that the brand wants the user to take is clicking a buy now button that is that automatic add to cart and redirect to checkout. So that's the, again, if we just just say, assume that's the hypo hypothesis that they have is this is what we want the user experience to be. So using this path explorer, we can just look at, okay, people that come in through this landing page, we see 40% are the next step is actually landing. So the next page URL is the checkout information URL. And then we can see, okay, what are people doing after that? So out of, let's use, I'll try to use simple numbers, 100 sessions, 40 are actually their next step. So 40 out, out of that 100 actually load that Shopify information page. So we can assume they click that buy now button and then they've loaded the checkout page. Where are people going after that? So out of those 40, how many are then going to the shipping step? How many are going to purchase? So out of that 40, we saw there were, again, rough numbers here, but less than 10 out of those 40 were continuing to the next step. And then we'd see, and these are percentages, not actual numbers, but, and then we saw a, call it 20, 20 ish, but 50% of, of that traffic, they were going back. So they were going back to the landing page. And then there was, a, again, a rough percentage. I, the actual next highest percentage was they were getting errors in checkout. So many times you might get like a stock error or, you know, just you, you never know what could happen with a with a product or but it's that actual error page URL that you might have you may have seen in your page report. But we saw a pretty good size percentage that we're getting that. And that brings like, well, I didn't why is that happening? This product should never go out of stock. And then obviously you're gonna you're gonna have a subset of people that are exiting, et cetera. But basically what what that report is doing is you are able to see and, and validate your hypothesis. So is that really the next best best step is sending the user to through the buy now button as the primary, essentially the primary call action on that page? Because we're seeing such a large percent, percentage of people that are going back in the step. So they're going back to the landing page and encountering errors, et cetera. So this is a Path Explorer report to challenge your assumption on what the user flow, what the user journey should be. And again, getting that essentially that next step page vis visibility can be very powerful. And ultimately, 
you may not make changes right away on that, but you could come up with some experiments or CRO ideas to uh, just validate that the hypothesis is correct on that journey that you want users to go. I think out of all the ideas or all the funnel examples, this one was going to be the most complex to try to explain. I will have a link to a screenshot in the show notes so you can just see this, like see an example of it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully it was good and it made sense. The next example, so number four, this is going to be really around content analysis. And this is also a funnel that I like to recreate and build. And this is somewhat related to the previous example with the Path Explorer, but let's use our homepage. So the homepage, common area, I want to analyze just that general funnel of the funnel on the homepage. So not necessarily homepage to collection page to product page, but what does that funnel look like on the actual homepage and what's helping, what's hurting, and then you can slice and dice that by segment as well. So when it comes to analyzing content performance on a homepage, you can do option A, which is tag all of the elements with event tracking using our Chrome extension. And then you could view a report inside of Google Analytics on how many sessions are doing this thing on the page. So clicking the hero banner, watching the, the video, reading reviews, clicking on the UGC scroll. So how many people are doing that? And what's the conversion rate for that? So you could use that. And it's very common to use this data to then think about your hypotheses to apply to a Google Optimize experiment. So you might want to move some features up on the page. You might want to delete some features. You may want to add some new features. But so that's that is option A when it comes to content analysis on a homepage. Very simple, very common. And this generally will unlock insights on what are people doing on a page? And more importantly, what are people not doing? Are we spending 20 hours of our designer and copywriter's time coming up with new content and creating banners and Im imagery that people aren't interacting with? Option B, so again, using the content analysis. So how can I understand the performance of my content on the homepage? We'll go back to GA4 funnels. So this is another funnel example. And in this one, Instead of doing a multi-page funnel where if you think about example number one, where I was looking at landing on a men's collection page, viewing a product, adding to cart, initiating checkout, et cetera. This is actually looking at a just a homepage. So someone's coming in through a homepage. Then step two would be how many people are watching a video or spending X amount of time on a page or scrolling a certain amount uh, amount down on the page because content maybe isn't always meant to be clickable or uh, interacted by a user. And then step three would be add to cart and step four, purchase, et cetera. So this, again, using the GA4, if you have your events created in addition to your page URLs, you can now create funnels inside of GA4 looking at one specific page. So again, just to, just to go through that again, Let's say I've, I've added event tracking to all of my homepage elements that was part of option A, and I've added those events for both Universal Analytics as well as GA4, which both of those you can do in our Chrome extension. Now I'm going to create that funnel inside of GA4 to give me that visual of, okay, well, how many people are doing these, interacting with these different widgets, features, 
And how does, how does that ultimately leading to conversion performance? So you can create a couple of these different funnels pretty quickly. You just create one funnel that has maybe your base steps, and then you can duplicate that funnel, change out. Maybe if you want to look at, again, a different widget, compare, compare that to your video scroll time on page example that I used, and then start comparing those to one another. Another example for the GA4 funnel for content analysis is if you just look at your landing page. So this is the very common, <laughs> common analysis here when you think about funnels. So the landing page, what's the number one thing you want the user to do next? And that's it. Just think about on this landing page, the only thing I want them to, to do next is X. X could be adding to cart. X could be maybe more brand immersion, et cetera could be taking them to a quiz, but what's the next thing you want a user to do? And just create a funnel. You can create a two-step two funnel in GA4. So landing page equals X, and the number one thing is step two, what's that conversion rate? What's the conversion rate between those two steps? Obviously you can add, add those on, add the step three could be a purchase, and then compare those funnels against one another. So if you have a landing page today that maybe it has multiple competing offers or that next step you want a user to take, just duplicate those funnels and compare them to one another. So let's say you have a landing page where there's two, two primary call to actions. One is driving user to a quiz. And then the other one is driving user to view the product or add to cart, create those two funnels, compare them to one another, and then slice and dice by again, right within that funnel report, you can add a dimension of channel campaign, et cetera. How does that differ against one another? And then you can take this to work with your marketing team or optimization team to come up with different experiments. That was all under this content analysis. So content is going to be features, widgets, et cetera, on the page, as well as connecting your content together on site and how that's performing for users. Step or example number five, this is feature analysis. So when I think about funnels, again, it's not just looking at the our basic shopping behavior funnel or checkout behavior funnel. So in this, this example, this is a, I want to understand if this feature or group of features and behavior is helping or hurting my performance. So I'll just say that again. The funnel I'm analyzing is, is this particular feature or group of features on this page or on my site? Is this helping or hurting the overall performance? There's two options to do this analysis. Option A, test it. Just do your, your simple test of just hiding it. So just run an A-B test and you just hide that feature or the set of features and just A-B test it. Option B, let's say you can't get that test up and running or don't want to or whatever it might be, or you need the answer today potentially. Option B, inside of Universal Analytics, create two unique and distinct segments. So one segment is where the session includes this behavior or page view event. And then the second segment is where it excludes. So let's use a real example here. We have a product page and the product page has a product fit video. So a, uh, a product fit video that we want to understand how this is impacting the performance on a product page. So we know if we want to invest more time, budget, et cetera, to creating and making sure that we have these product fit videos across our entire catalog. So the product fit, fit video, let's use an example that it's either in the image scroll or it's an additional section on the product page. 
So we can, we need to make sure we have event tracking set up. So how many people are clicking on the fit video or how many people are viewing. So we can create an, an impression event on that page. How many people are viewing the fit video, push that into Google analytics. And now we can create again, those two distinct segments of just looking at segment a would be sessions that include the event action, watch fit video. Segment B is going to be exclude sessions where event action includes or equals uh, watch fit video. So just those two segments, we just want to look at those, compare those separately. If we are viewing this, once you create these segments, you probably know how to do this, but you just navigate through all of your GA reports and you can start to see the performance differences. So this is a nothing new or groundbreaking here, but it's always a good reminder if you are trying to analyze something, you can do that apples to apples of the experiment for the end user is you have to ensure you have that segment that excludes the behavior. Because if we just compared all users and then we just have that segment A where the session includes the fit, uh, watch fit video, then you're, you're really not getting that true comparison of that answers the question of, is this helping? You're just going to see data for people who watch it compared to your, your all users. That's not going to be a, uh, a really fair analysis and, and honestly an accurate analysis and assessment. So we would need to segment down to really even uh, the segments. This is something I probably should have mentioned already, but in that segment, segment A and B, we should actually include another filter on the segment that uh, where the session includes they viewed a product page. So it's going to be a multi-step filter in a segment. So they viewed a product page, but then we want to exclude sessions where they watch the fit video. So hopefully that makes sense. So this is really narrowing down the segment on that. Just looking at two different people that viewed a product page, those that uh, interacted with that fit video, those that did not. Hopefully it's what, this wasn't too complex as an example. This it sounds way more complicated than what it really is to set up. You can do this by pages as well. So you can just create a segment by page URLs, but you really, in my experience, a little bit of bias, obviously, with the event tracking and a Chrome extension, but th that's where that's where the magic happens and understanding how users are interacting with your site. And the more that you know, the more likely you are to come up with impactful experiments or just site changes and just improving the overall user experience for your customers. So that is the feature analysis example. Also, I will include a link to an older article I have on this on our blog that will walk through the segment creation in a little bit more detail. And then the last bonus one is just talking about the, this came up with Dan and my interview with him, on, Dan from Dacity. Oh gosh, probably about a month or so ago on the episodes. But this was a, just a reminder that in your email tools, so then Klaviyo, et cetera, is making sure you're, you are analyzing your funnels. So splitting out, segmenting out by iOS users. Because with iOS and opens and clicks being, you can't trust them uh, anymore with uh, iOS 15 rollout is start segmenting out your performance by device as well. And obviously playing that into workflows, if you have triggered workflows based on a user opening an email or, or clicking on an element in the email, those metrics are gonna be out of whack. Again, if you want more context on that, that was in my episode with Dan from Dacity. So that's it. Five funnels I like to track and analyze for conversion optimization and just general feature analysis. Hope this was helpful. If it was, if this one actually was helpful, 
if you could just shoot me an email, brad at getelevar.com. These, the CRO type of episodes that I've done probably a half dozen or so, these are the ones that I just don't know if they're the best format in, in a podcast format or if, you, if it would be better over video or even a blog article. So I'd really appreciate your feedback if you found, found this helpful and uh, I'll make sure to continue doing these. That's it for today. Hope you have a great week and I will see you next time. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.